This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Almost seven years on from leading one of Liverpool's most enthralling and exhilarating title charges, the Reds face a familiar face in Leicester City's Brendan Rodgers this weekend. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along to the agenda here on Blood Red as we take a look back on Rodgers' reign at the helm of the Reds, look at how he's rebuilt his reputation and what still may lay ahead for him. Alongside me to do all of that, it's a pleasure to say Theo Squires is alongside me. Theo, how are you keeping, mate? Yeah, not too bad. I'm really, really missing barbers being open, as you can tell. But we're getting by. Yeah, I'm sure the listeners will enjoy that. Myself, <laughs> I, I'm also missing it as well, as you can uh, can gather. But we're going to talk about Brendan Rodgers, his Liverpool reign and what's gone on since. But as I say, seven years now on from that 13-14 title charge. And it seemed as though he sort of had everything ahead of him as Liverpool manager then. Yeah, definitely. It's a strange one looking back to it because despite all the success that Jurgen Klopp's brought in, I feel there's almost a bit more affection for 13-14 just for the fact that it came out of absolutely nowhere. The same way, I suppose, at 05, like you just weren't expecting the success. You could really appreciate the glory days that little bit more because you know the side were ultimately punching a bit above their weight and it hadn't been a long, drawn-out process. It was just enjoying Luis Suarez being one of the best players on the planet, certainly the best player in the Premier League, putting incredible display after incredible display, and then just watching it all come together across the field, like Steven Gerrard having his like renaissance, I suppose, in that holding midfield role, like being the English Andrea Perlo for a little bit, the birth of Jordan Henderson's Liverpool career, uh, Raheem Sterling showing that he actually had a little bit of talent, turning it around as well, because there were talks that he was going to go out on loan halfway through that season because he wasn't getting a sniff. Daniel Sturridge, when he was staying injury-free, being one of the very best strikers going. Philippe Coutinho. It's just, it all came together in what was a glorious six months. I'm going to say the Arsenal game just because I know how much you'll look back on that 5-1 and with such joy, Guy. But yeah, there was just great performances and it's a shame that it didn't come together for him at the end of it. It's an interesting one when you think about it. Could he have carried it on and kept it going if Suarez had stayed, if Suarez had given him another year? Champions League football when they could have forged another title challenge but it was just a bit of a mess the summer after that season trying to find a replacement striker obviously they wanted Alexis Sanchez they tried to get Alexis Sanchez and his wife decided no that London was much more appealing for him and they ended up with Ricky Lambert and Mario Balotelli after pulling out of a deal for Loic Remy it just the writing was on the wall from there as soon as you had that chaos you knew it wasn't going to go well for Rodgers and that's without breaking down the rest of the signings like Alaza Markovic and all that and then you thought well, maybe they could sort of turn it around he, he threw his assistants under the bus didn't he with Colin Pascoe Mike Marsh and Sean O'Driscoll Gary McAllister um, a mismatch of the transfer policy again for every Roberto Firmino there was a Christian Benteke you think what's right for Liverpool and what wasn't and I think ultimately FSG decided when the time was come, it wasn't really anything he was doing wrong on the pitch. But if you can get Jurgen Klopp, you get Jurgen Klopp. And that's exactly what happened. He was lucky to get those few extra months off of the Stoke City game, if we're being honest, that 6-1 defeat. But if you take that one season aside, it wasn't a massive success all of Paul Rain. It was just where they were at the time. Hit and miss, inconsistencies, some great results, some dodgy results. It's just a shame he couldn't be the man to... Um, get his hands on the Premier League title, but we're now talking six, seven years on. Are we really that bothered? Because Jurgen Klopp did it in such emphatic style. Yeah, certainly. But 
I suppose with Brendan Rodgers and looking back on his Liverpool reign, it's easy to apply revisionism to it all, of course, at the time when things were falling down, not too dissimilar to, to David Moyes at Manchester United. The year of really of it all kicking off with the social media memes we know about the the uh, Twitter account, obviously, that does deride Brendan Rodgers and sort of this, this football genius narrative was sort of written around him. But I suppose much like that side of 13, 14, it was a side in his image. It was young energetic it was exciting the football that he put onto them was brilliant but ultimately naive too as you sort of mentioned the transfer policy fell away the following season there were instances of as you mentioned Raheem Sterling before playing him at wing back and trying all these fancy different things that didn't quite work and I I suppose really might be too easy to say the making of Brendan Rodgers really may well have come after leaving Liverpool and realising actually that maybe he didn't need to try and reinvent the wheel because he was on to something so good at Liverpool when it was going well, when it seemed actually things were second nature and quite basic principles he was laying down that were really coming off and tendency to overthink was really maybe the beginning of the end for him. Yes, but then I think he always had to prove himself a little bit more at Liverpool, didn't he? Um, When you think of most of the managerial decisions that the club have made, well, right back to Shankly, there were mainly managerial decisions that made sense, like going from assistant to assistant. Even when they stepped out of the boot room, it was to get in Kenny Dalglish. Graham Souness made a lot of sense, even though it didn't work out. Going back to the boot room with Roy Evans, Jared Houllier was obviously a copy of Arsene Wenger. Benitez had done so well in Spain with Valencia. And then it's like, well, Roy Hodgson was one that didn't make sense. And you saw how that blew up in Liverpool's faces. He was very unpopular. Kenny Dalglish came back and he was a man he was replacing. So he had to try that little bit harder to succeed, to make a name for himself because there was more of that feeling of people wanting him to fail because his CV was not that of a a would-be Liverpool manager. When you compare to when he left, it was Ancelotti or Klopp who were going to get the job and all we've seen them achieved in the game. He had what spells at Watford, Reading, Swansea. His only silverware, I think, was winning promotion via the playoffs. He'd had an all right season, I think, getting Swansea to mid-table. But it's not one where you go and choose any manager to be Liverpool manager. You'd say Brendan Rodgers is top of the list at the time. And it just showed where Liverpool were at the time. And I think they reminded themselves of where the club should be when they went out to go and get Jurgen Klopp. But I think it was straight from being Liverpool, wasn't it? When he's doing like his little envelope mind tricks and all these sort of things. When he's um, having a go at Raheem Sterling saying steady and all this. He was trying to prove himself and not be this joke figure. And by doing so, he became a joke figure. The fact that even his greatest success was it's derided, isn't it, for a Steven Gerrard slip. You look at that Liverpool team and as good as some of the players were, you still had John Flanagan playing left-back. Granted, he did an amazing job, but John Flanagan should not be left-back in the Liverpool team, really. When I think when you're looking back now and you had the uh, Simon Mignolet, we all know his weaknesses. The centre-backs, they had the, the dicey moments. I'm sure Rodgers has said himself he'd had Virgil van Dijk. He'd have been fine. But then I think they had the option to sign Virgil van Dijk at the time and didn't. It was just trying to make a name for yourself in a difficult market when you're following the toughest of successes at a time when Liverpool were trying to work out what they were, trying to establish themselves again. When he got the job, it was, oh, we want to be this young, youthful project. We want to start over, essentially, to get back to the top table. And then after getting so close to winning the title and then collapsing again, I think FSG, Liverpool fans, they got a taste for it again. They couldn't be patient anymore. So that's why they had to go back to the bigger ideas. They had to spend money. They had to back a manager like Jurgen Klopp 
So he could have been the right manager, but it was very much an impossible job because he was there at the wrong time. And he was almost undone by his success because it made pressure even higher. And everyone had an opinion on Brendan Rodgers. Everyone had an opinion on this Liverpool team. And it's one that will always be derided just because he came out with these daft sound bites compared to say, like, whatever Klopp says, you, you sit on his every word, don't you? And Rodgers, it was just easy to mock. He came from Swansea. Uh, it's one of those where if he'd been coming in now, you'd probably have a bit more respect for him because he's done a bit more. But that TV documentary from the off certainly didn't help him. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. How much credit do you think he deserves then for, for rebuilding his reputation as he has done? He, he moved up to Celtic. A lot of people saying you know, that was easy there for him to win trophies, but he, he kind of did it, albeit Rangers very much in the doldrums still at the time, an unparalleled rate even prior to his appointment. The, the previous incumbents there at Celtic, whilst Rangers had been relegated, hadn't won trophies anywhere near the scale that he had done. And I suppose it got that monkey off his back of actually being a manager to guide a team to silverware. Well, you look at um, his Celtic side, and you, I reckon you can compare it to Rangers now. The fact that he was the Invincibles, wasn't it? They won everything, and it was so sensational. And people write it off saying, well, it's just Scottish football. But then you take a bit more notice of it when Steven Gerrard's doing it now with this Rangers team. But I think I read something a few weeks ago that Rangers have practically got to win every single game to just get level on points with what they were to at that stage. And they've already dropped points since then. So it just shows how successful this side was because like so many managers go up to Scotland in charge of Celtic and have won silverware and it's it's not enough. Like this year there's been a lot of stick on Neil Lennon for not winning the trophies um, and with Stephen Gerrard replacing them. But still you've got to go there and you've got to do a job. Like Celtic fans, they're very demanding. It's not just a case of winning the league every year. It's playing right football, having a little bit of a go in Europe having this all come together and being what they want to see. And Rogers certainly did that. And he certainly repaired his reputation enough to get a chance back in the Premier League after a few years. I know there was, um, I remember actually you're on a podcast, we were talking about it, whether it was the right decision for him to go back to Leicester or go back to the Premier League, I should say, in mid-season. Right? There were talks of why don't you just stay in Scotland, finish the, the league title. It's like, well, with Celtic, he's achieved everything he could at the time. He'd won all these domestic trophies he couldn't really take them any further in Europe, if we're being honest. That is the one remaining ambition. The only thing Celtic had left was to hold out for the 10 in a row, which we've seen them fall apart with a bit this year. It's like, well, Rogers didn't want to stay at Celtic until 2021, did he? He wanted to be back in the Premier League. And he's done really well with Leicester. It's an interesting one when you look at their squad, because they have signed well, but then they've got a few weaknesses in places as well. Like They've got the young lad Justin at fullback, who's having a remarkable season. Pereira's done well. Um, was it Castagna? He's done well. Uh, the Turkish side at centre-back is really good talent. And they've got like NDD at centre-mid. But then you look at who have they got behind Jamie Vardy, and it's what Ayas Perez and Kelechi. I can't say a said, and you're going to have to if you want to interrupt yeah. here. E- <laughs> the man yeah, That's the one. So as we've seen with Vardy being injured in the last couple of weeks, they look quite the same side without him. And it's like, well, if someone comes in and spends 65, 70 million on James Madison or whatever figure you want to put on him, would your Leicester be able to pick up again? Would Rogers be able to learn from his Liverpool mistakes when he's got that money to his name and build a team again? Uh, Leicester. Is that, is that just, just to interrupt you and sort of where you're talking there about the Leicester squad he's built, is that going to be maybe a big challenge for him? I know we're obviously not a Leicester City podcast, but you look at that 
Leicester team he's now built. And to me, it, it seems not too dissimilar maybe from that Liverpool side that he built. They've a tel- talismanic centre forward who's not going to be at the club forever. It's not quite like Luis Suarez, of course. He was he left on a transfer, but Vardy isn't going to be able to go forever. He's got a creative midfielder in Madison, might draw comparisons to Felipe Coutinho, an energetic midfield player in Yuri Tielemans, Jordan Henderson perhaps, and a winger in Harvey Barnes, who maybe not too dissimilar in contributions to what Raheem Sterling was for Liverpool. Yeah, that, that is the argument there, because as long as you're at Leicester, it's, well, what is the next step for you? That's why James Madison will keep getting linked with moves away from the club. There'll be players that will stay, will uh, be loyal. We saw Harvey Barnes link with Liverpool last summer um, when there's this more pressure on clubs to have homegrown players the likes of him and Madison will be linked with your Liverpools, your Cities, your Chelsea's. And then it's just, well, what can Rodgers do? Can he keep them together? And if he can't, can he replace them? And that's where he failed ultimately at Liverpool. Um, it is going to be a big ask for them because you think, well, you have to get into the Champions League to keep hold of these players. Um, they just missed out last year when it looked like they were going to make it for such a long time before project restart. And it's like, well, if they fall short again this year, having been in such a strong position now at halfway point, you do start to ask questions of, well, when are they going to do it? Because Jamie Vardy is going to be a huge miss for them. The fact that he's scoring so many goals now at his age, he is the one is going to be hard to replace. And you look at the scoring charts now, if you want a striker to do that sort of job, and you're going to look for an English striker, whilst there's a lot of them around, it's still hard to get them at an affordable price. It's whether they go abroad and find someone who can do the job. But strikers cost a lot of money, and they've spent a lot of money on strikers in reserve who aren't scoring the goals. So it's definitely one where he's got to learn from his Liverpool mistakes and get it right. Uh, Hopefully experience will come for him this time around, just not whenever they're playing Liverpool. And I suppose it's in his hand, it's in his favour now that he has got Vardy back and windows closed. So, you know, Madison's going to be there for the season. These players he's got, they're playing for their futures to the extent of we'll get into the Champions League and then maybe that's a shop window to go and get a bigger move elsewhere in a year, 18 months time. And it might be the same for Rodgers. If he can get them into the Champions League and have a good go in the Champions League, what does he then go and do now? Uh, but... He knows it's part of his project, doesn't he? He's got this young team. They're aging together like his Liverpool team did. And Liverpool's were taken away before they could fulfil their potential. This Leicester team's got a bit more about them. They've got a bit more length in the legs. But it's if he can learn from his mistakes and deliver at the end of it. Yeah, I would argue maybe he's already demonstrated that he's learned from those Liverpool mistakes in terms of the squad that he's put together failing theoretically last year like he did with Liverpool in terms of not landing the league title in 2014 and not securing Champions League football last year. They've come back stronger. He's maybe not as, I don't know if militant's the word, but so dead set in the recruitment as maybe he was at Liverpool, which was his undoing and allowed that to be done by the experts at Leicester City. So I suppose as we round things off, Theo, it, it, it bears the question, 2024, Jurgen Klopp's contract is up. We often here on Blood Red talk about potential successors to Jurgen Klopp. I can't imagine Brendan Rodgers would be in the running, given his history. But had he not already been Liverpool manager, would he be the kind of guy that actually would look ideal to take on the job? Uh, Yes and no, just for the sense of it's where Liverpool are, the position they're in, in 2024. If we're saying that the league success of last season is, say, a one-off, and they're in this position now where they're fighting for Champions League or they're fighting for Manchester City, but they can't quite turn it into dominance, then there is potential there if you want to look for that sort of manager. But 
It's more like you think Liverpool are in this whole different stratosphere now where they want the finished article, they want someone who can deliver success. And the only way they step aside from that is if it's to go for someone like Steven Gerrard. So Roger's time has been gone at Liverpool, but there's a reason why he still finds himself linked with Manchester City's, with Chelsea's, with Arsenal's. He deserves another chance at the top when he's got that more experience behind him to show that he can do it. And it's one where he did have his set philosophy at Liverpool with the right players, he could do it, but it just doesn't feel like a good fit anymore. Liverpool have grown beyond that, even if it isn't going to be uh, another five, five, six years of trophy after trophy. Like you, you don't know really whether how much of a say these injuries are going to have going forward. But the next brand down, isn't it, for Rodgers? Um, he will get another chance at a top job for sure because he, he deserves it for what he's achieved. And then it's a big ask for, well, how can you actually justify it? Because really, you've got the Liverpool job without warranting it from what was out there. Um, you're a limited market now for the top clubs in England. He might have to go abroad because Arsenal were a fallen giant. He's got his history at Chelsea, but they've just appointed Thomas Tuchel. Uh, Manchester City, well, I suppose they're the same market. It's Liverpool. It's like, well, you could get Rodgers, but you'd much rather have this global name. He's got more of success about them. You can never go to a United, Tottenham maybe. Um, and then it's just like, well, what can you do if you do get these positions? Because it's such a congested market at this moment to uh, deliver success in England, especially when you see Manchester City just bounce back in emphatic style where they can win game after game after game and storm to a, what it seems to be another league title. Yeah, he could well stay at Leicester and continue to push them on to being a, a, a power in English football. He'll certainly be in the dugout at the King Power Stadium on Saturday when Jurgen Klopp takes the Reds to Leicester City, of course, looking to get back to winning ways in the Premier League. That's it from us here on the agenda. A quick look back on Brendan Rodgers' time at the helm at Liverpool and what may lay ahead for the former Reds boss. From myself, Guy Clark and Theo Squires, thanks for your time and your company. Don't forget to uh, leave us a rating and review wherever it is you listen to your audio on demand and continue to share our content across our dedicated YouTube channel on Blood Red. Cheers. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red channel.